this morning, if you're with me this today, in Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. We're always in a miraculous mode because the Lord's always in a miraculous mode. He's in the mood and he's in the mode. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5. Now let's say this. Let's just say this. Let's understand this. This will just be a reset. You and I don't know anything about anything in the kingdom except the word of God. Your experience, your feelings, your denomination, your grandmama, no matter what you've ever heard or understood or thought to be, you don't know, I don't know anything except what the word of God says about it. I'm waiting. Amen. We don't. And when you get to that place, when you get to the place where you say, I don't know anything except what the word says, you become a journal the Lord can write in and change you. I don't know where you came from. I, well, I know where most of y'all came from, but uh, on broadcast, we don't know where you came from. But most of us came from something, even if it was the world, even if we just got saved recently and uh, we thought we knew something it's amazing what people think they know and they'll fight for it and they'll die for it because bless God that's what we believe but the truth is we don't know anything except the word what the word says it's the total and sum of all that we need in the kingdom of God so my opinion doesn't matter what I'm really saying is is none of our opinion matters it doesn't matter if, he, if, if somebody comes in with a pointy hat and a, and a skirt on and a, and a scepter thing and, a, and, you know, all those guys that are important, all those guys that are supposed to know something, somebody that's, you know, they don't know nothing if they don't know the word. So we have to be open to say, I, I'm changeable. I'm absolutely. So in Mark chapter 5, you know, uh, let, let's, let's minister on testimonies this morning. Your miracle is one testimony away. I appreciate y'all that testified this morning. We could have all testified. But the truth is my miracle is one testimony away because of what Deborah Ann said is that a testimony says God wants to do it again. So we don't look to our past and say, oh, that was the good old days. We say, God... God will do it again, and maybe I'm in a better frame of mind where he can do it better. I don't think he can improve, but I could improve. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5, verse 1. And they came over into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the ship, the Lord Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now that unclean spirit is way more than just a dirty Entity. This, this is a vile and wicked and evil outcropping from the very pit of hell. It's very well said here in the English, but it's, uh, it's much more in reality. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. He's a piece of work, isn't he? Yeah. Well, let's just stop there and just muse for a second. 
If the devil can do this to a human, supernatural power, nobody can bind him, nobody can. How much more can the man and woman of God that's possessed of the Holy Ghost be unstoppable? I mean, the devil doesn't have anything. God doesn't have better. But he goes on there and he says, And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. So he, the spirit knew what was going on, didn't it? For he said in himself, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Uh, I, I didn't write it down, but I think Legion means 500, doesn't it? A company of men, like a battalion or a company. A Legion was 500 or 1,000 people. And this unclean spirit said, There's 500 of us. That's a mess to deal with, coming at you 500 different ways. Verse 19. Uh, verse 19. Where, where am I? Verse 18. Verse 18, excuse me. Verse 18. Here we go. So we're going to skip a little there about what this man did and his conversation. In verse 18 it says, And when he was coming to the ship, the Lord Jesus he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Now, this follows Jesus saying, come out of him, thou unclean spirit. And so the Lord is about to leave and the, the man that's been delivered, he said, I want to go with you. But verse 19 says, how be it Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends. Read it with me here. And tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, for hath had compassion on thee. Let's read that again a little better. Ready, read. Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. What would you say this was? Well, this is a testimony. He's saying, go testify. Go tell what happened to you. Now, there's a lot of things going on here, but that's what the Lord Jesus said was the most important thing that could happen at that moment is go tell what happened to you. Now, we could take a poll this morning, and we, we might, and we could say, what's your latest and your greatest? Go tell what the Lord hath done for thee. Are you all here? It's not what's coming. It's what's past that's telling you what's coming. Because if we forget, and we talked about it last week, if we, or Wednesday, if we forget what the Lord's done, then we have to start over every time. But a testimony is the bedrock of saying, well, if he healed him of brain cancer, if he healed him of a, uh, a short leg, made it long, he'll do it for me. It's imperative that we know that. Well, I just read the Word. I just study the Word. Well, it's good to study the Word. Faith comes by the Word. But faith that acts or faith that moves comes by the testimony. 
The Word's always been there, and you've always known the Word, and you always read the Word and quote the Word. But when you have a testimony, you're activated. It's like, I remember. Financially, it's real important because we go through ebbs and flows financially. We're, going, we're on an upward track, but nobody goes perfectly. Every day has got more in it than the day before. It should, but realistically, we have setbacks or times or whatever. But the testimony of how he delivered us out of lack, didn't have any groceries, I, I'll never forget. Nobody knew. We were in a little wrecked cavalier. I was pastoring in Seminole. We were in a little cavalier that had been restored and the paint was coming off. We had sold our 1980s Suburban. We'd sold it and took the money to the church and paid the bills so we could keep going. The Lord has kept me going so many ways, but sometimes, several times, we've had to give up everything in order to keep it going because keeping it going was everything. Remember that. Keeping your life going is everything. Having a reserve, having a fallback, having a rainy day means nothing to God and needs no, means nothing to you. We have to do whatever's necessary to breathe every day. You've got to breathe every day. You got to breathe. You can't say, I'm going to take a couple days off from breathing, and then I'll breathe real good for the third day. You got to breathe every day. And so that's what we did. So we were in this Cavalier. I mean, we, we were fine. We'd bought it. We'd sold our Suburban for a bunch of money. It was my favorite vehicle I've ever owned. I idolized it. I glorified it. I, I bowed down to it. I, <laughs> yeah, and just to show you how humbling that was, Two weeks after we got it, Debbie's grandmother and grandfather came to us and said, we want to go to PTL, but we, we want to take some people with us. Can we borrow your Suburban? There was wailing and gnashing of teeth in my closet. I, I, I didn't want these old people taking my car and, and getting bugs on it and driving over curbs. And, and, you know, but anyway, my point is we came out of church some, one Sunday morning because we didn't have anything. At that, at, on that particular weekend, we didn't have anything. And we didn't tell, tell anybody. But our car was full of groceries. Just full, that little Cavalier. There was no room for Colin and Eric to sit very good because we were full of groceries. We don't know to this day who did it. But I'll never forget it. And it keeps me from slipping back, knowing that in that day when nobody knew, and we were... You know, we had a prosperity gospel on us. It wasn't that we were poor mouthing and saying, woe is me. We never said, I've never said it. Nobody's ever known I had a need. So that testimony kept me going. Uh, Colin was in the front yard playing football with the neighborhood friends. And he went out for a long one, which was the length of our yard. And uh, slid to make the catch, slid into a sprinkler head a metal sprinkler head in the neighbor's yard. Uh, he broke his arm. He was crying, hollering like a, never mind. And so we loaded him up and took him, we, we loaded him up, took him to the doctor and the doctor said, hey, here's the x-ray, boom, it's, you know, they don't match. He said, but the swelling's so bad, I'm gonna have y'all come back Monday and he put some sort of something on him 
to keep it straight. Well, we went home and prayed that little kid's arm back together. So we went back Monday and the doctor said, uh, uh, hold on for a minute. So he went and had another x-ray. He went and had a third x-ray. And then he had two doctors come in there and say, this is Friday, this is Monday. And it, was, it, was, it is like it never happened. Well, that's never left me. It's never left me. That was significant. You go like, what's the big deal? It was going to heal. It's going to be in a, it, whatever. It was God moving on our behalf. And you have things like this in your life. But the testimony of it is what brings it, to the, brings it forward. The testimony is what brings it forward. The testimony of it stirs up faith for, the, for today. So think about, I won't call on you, but think about your latest and greatest testimony. Not necessarily something that was so amazing, nobody can believe it, but just something that was impossible. And it was possible. That's what you're living on. Now, let me just tell you, that's what you and I are living on, is the strength of your last testimony. And if you don't remember one, then that's been too long. I said, that's too long. We ought to have one that's not 1980. We ought to have one that's not 1999. We ought to have one that was this year. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm waiting on because I can only go until you, I'm going and then y'all have to catch up. So, amen. Uh, it says in verse, uh, let's see if I can stay straight here. Verse 20, he said, and he departed. So he said, go home and tell your friends. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. All men did marvel. Now, I want to, I want to tell you something that you may, because you and I are acclimated to the supernatural. We, we are not amazed and astonished when anybody says anything in this room about what just happened. We're all glad and it stirs us up. But none of us are going, ah, oh, Chucks, that didn't happen. That's impossible. We don't believe you. We are, we're in. We're in, but, not every, but the world's not in. And so it says here that he went back to his friends. Well, guess what kind of friends the demoniac had? <laughs> they weren't in either. And so he went back and began to tell, declare these things. And the word says in verse 19, all men, all the men did marvel. It impacted more than him. It impacted everybody that he published it or declared it to. It impacted, they did marvel. Well, I don't know if, what you think, but I would think the demoniac's friends were kind of hard to marvel. They were probably pretty case-hardened, and marveling was pretty hard for them, but they did marvel. So we have a significant output or result of something as simple, as simple as, it's sharing our supernatural experience. The world is not ready for that, but they will be changed by that, and it's powerful. The Amplified says, go home to your family and relatives and friends and bring back word to them of how much the Lord has done for you, of how much the Lord has done for me. Ah, oh, it's a bunch, y'all. 
If you don't, you've been living too long in the supernatural without a little, a little, uh, sl uh, like uh, Melissa said, a jerky back. You, you've been, you, you've, you hadn't had enough trouble to remember how much we need the supernatural. But I have. And he departed and began to publicly, publicly declare, proclaim in Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were astonished and marveled. All the people were astonished and did marvel. All, everybody was astonished and they marveled. And they said, golly, this is amazing. So he became not, he didn't know any word. He couldn't preach. He couldn't. He couldn't do anything. He didn't know anything about anything anywhere, except he was an expert in one thing, what had happened to him. And here the word teaches us how we're to win other people, to impact them and plant in them. It's not through preaching. It's everywhere. If they want some, they can get some in this internet world. They already have a disdain for preachers. They've lumped us in with car salesmen and house painters or whatever. So that's not it. They don't trust any of them. All they want is your money. Well, who, how are we going to win them? Is, is the sky going to have to fall or is there something going to have to... Even when 911 happened, there was two weeks, two weeks in America that things paused. And there was a little bit going on spiritually, but after two weeks, it was over. They forgot that. So what are we going to win our generation with? It's going to be your testimony. You're the most believable person, your friends, your family, your acquaintances. You're the most believable publisher, declarer of truth that they will ever know. And you go, well, I don't really have a raise from the dead experience. They wouldn't, might not even believe that, unless it was their friend too. They just want to know what happened to your son and want to know about groceries in your car. That one's a little suspect, they might say. But the arm wasn't, and I got a whole bucket of them just like you. The message says, go home to your own people, tell them your story. Say my story. Go home and tell them your story, what the master did. The man went back and began to preach in the ten towns area around what Jesus had done for him. He was the talk of the town. I'm the talk of the town. How about you? I got stuff that nobody has. Just like you have stuff that nobody has. And you got your people. Your people. Well, who's your people? They're the people at work. They're people that live next door to you. They're just, they're your people. You're assigned to them and you didn't pick them just like you didn't pick your church, really, your family in the church. They're your people and God's assigned you to them. Isn't it amazing that the God, the master of the universe, the creator of all things, could somehow orchestrate yours and my life to be having the right testimony that somebody needs. Whatever will turn them loose. We do greatly err, busting open the door and preaching, turn or burn, get right or get left. I, it doesn't work much. Let me tell the truth. It doesn't work at all. 
They're already condemned. The lost are already condemned. They already know they're bad. They already know they're unqualified. They already know they're, 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 there's no hope for them. So they've got an attitude is, excuse my French, but this is what they would say. What the hell can I do to, to get saved? I'm hopeless. You go, no, you're not. But see, you know something that they don't know. All they know is what their mind is telling them. They're absolutely condemned. They're ashamed. They're, they're, and so they're hopelessly living their life like, what have I got to lose? We forget that because we're so confident and we're so assured that what we've got can't be taken away by what we do. I told you Wednesday that 65% of all Americans claim to be Christian. And out of, out of the, and so that leaves, excuse me, that leaves uh, 35% and 26% of them. So most of the people that don't claim to be Christians, uh, they claim, that claim no religion, they see no reason in observing Christians to change. Did you hear me? Their observation of us gives them no reason to change. They hate two things you hate that I hate. We hate liars. Liars and cheaters are the same. And we hate hypocrites. Hate being a a motion word. We don't like hypocrites. And so the world sees many of us as hypocrites. Uh, 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 What's that word? Uh, Self-righteous and doers of good, where we proclaim it, turn or burn, but then we live like they do, or at least that's what they see. And so we got to get a new approach. Well, what? go to seminary? Should I study the Bible, take a Bible course? Nope, just resurrect your testimony and put it on the, like the, the short order cook, put it on that little window thing there. Somebody's going to come by and pick it up. And they're going to say, that is the best testimony. That changed me. That, uh, I'm on the road. If it doesn't change them, that plus another testimony or two cracks them down, breaks them open, and they're ready to receive Jesus. And if you think about it, that's what happened to you and me. If you didn't get saved that way, maybe you got saved like I did under condemnation. If you don't give your heart to Jesus, you're going to hell. Son, you're going to way down deep hell, bad hell. You, you are a hell buster, boy. You know, that's condemnation. There was no hope for me. So I wasn't, I wasn't excited about heaven. I was just afraid of hell. But if you didn't get saved under that, or if you did get saved under that, whatever, you got saved. But to move into the supernatural life, the more life, the, the, the abundant life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. It's going to require that we take another leg up, doesn't it? Take another leg up because we're saved. We're going to heaven. What, what bad thing could happen? Going to heaven. Lots of bad things can happen. So we want the supernatural. We want help. We all want help. I said all people want help. They're looking for help. Not saying they're looking for help, but they're all looking for help. And so when you... When you cook up a plate of help, they smell it and they want it. Do you have to be perfect to have a testimony? No, you just tell the testimony about that thing. 
You don't tell them about last year this and two years ago that, and I failed at this, and I went shipwrecked on that. You just mention this is what God did for me. And then there's an implication. If you did it for me and I was shipwrecked, he'll do it for you. And then you just lay hands on them. You just say, can I pray for you? I pray for a lot of people and the Lord heals many of them. Can I pray for you? After your testimony, they're open that the supernatural that came on you, sorry little slug, might come on them. And it does. And the door's opened and the goods are delivered. I love the gospel because it's so simple. I abhor religion that complicates things and puts a formula in it and puts requirements in it, limitations on it, elitism, where there's just certain of us that can get everything God's God, and you better be hyper-spiritual. Actually, the best miracles come to people that really don't know anything, and they know that, and so they come in humbly, they come in empty, and the Lord just fills them up, piles it on. Hallelujah. So, uh, The church has lost the power of the testimony. That's what I said Wednesday. The church has lost the power of the testimony. One reason is, is there's no testimony. We're talking about the regular church, everybody, us included, but we didn't know how powerful a testimony was. We were signs and wonders oriented. I, if I can do this for you, you'll believe. They don't believe. I've laid hands on a host of folks and got them healed. Bless God, I was happier than they were. They just went on their way. It's like, well, yay, that's good. It's like, God just saved you thousands of dollars of doctor bills and lost work and, and all sorts of, in, of handicapped and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just go on. Don't change. You all know those are kind of hard to, to handle. Amen. So I say we put on the Lord Jesus. One thing every one of us has is a testimony. One thing we all have is a testimony. We may have to dust it off. We may have to look back a ways. We may have to uh, 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 rehearse it. But we all have a testimony. And it really doesn't matter if it's old. It doesn't really matter if it's little. It doesn't really matter if it was yesterday. What matters is, is it happened to you. It happened to me. And what God did for me... He wants to do for everybody else and more. And it's so powerful. We're all frustrated because we don't win the loss, I suppose. And that's it. Just like Melissa, just, just stop. Just stop and say, can I pray for you? And, and if, if he gives her a place, she'll say, you know, I had a knee like this. Maybe you did have a knee or a leg or a shin or whatever like that. And the Lord healed it. Well, that's what that man needs to hear or, or someone like that. Say it's simple. It's simple. It's just simple. It's just not hard. And the gospel is the gospel that anybody can do. You don't have to be up here behind this thing. You just got to be willing to go out and just, just be you in Jesus. So I, uh, I have observed that the church has not delivered on any agenda that the world respects except feeding the poor or helping the poor. Would you all agree that we get lumped in with Red Cross, but Franklin Graham and, and uh, uh, 
closed closets and, and feed the hungry and all that, probably the church is known for helping disaster or emergency people. But after that, we have not delivered on any agenda. Now tell me if I'm wrong. Think about it. What has the church done for the world except condemn them? Separate from them. I, I, I'm not happy with that. I, I wanna, I'm part of the church. I don't like that to be my legacy. I don't want to, I'm not even that good at feeding the poor. I mean, I, I'm as good as anybody, I guess, or regular folks, but I'm, I'm not even outstanding in that. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become or be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, so uh, why has the church failed in its agenda? Is because Christians have identified from where they came more than they've identified with who they are. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, y'all. Are you? Absolutely. I'm something else. In many ways. But I have to identify with that or I'll just be an old worm. Because they, they want you to be a sinner. But it can't be a sinner. I was a sinner, but I'm not a sinner. I got saved. So First uh, John 4, 17, herein... I love this scripture. Herein is our love made perfect. How, Lord, is our love made perfect? How do you want us to demonstrate that our love, your love, is made perfect? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Whoa, I can do that. Bold for me might not be bold for somebody else, but bold is bold. If it's bold to you, it's bold. Because it takes all of us. I'd blow away some people with who I am. I mean, if, if you don't squeeze it down. And, uh, but bold is bold. So it says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because, say it with me, as he is, so are we in this world. Let's say it again. As he is, so are we in this world. Now, first person. As he is, so am I in this world. Wow. If I identify with that, listen, listen. If I identify with that, then I'm not a worm. I'm not an old sinner. Did I, do I mess up? Do I sin? Absolutely. But I'm not a sinner. And uh, they want you to come down to their level. But you've got to bring them up to your level. I was just like you, and the Lord rescued me. I have a testimony. Let me tell you what the Lord did for me. And... And I was nobody from nowhere. So you being a nobody from nowhere, he'll do it for you. And all of a sudden springs, hope springs. Hope rises up. Because no preacher told them that. And no church, the church people just walked by them in life. But here you are, little old you and me. And God did something for us and we dare to proclaim it. Bless God, I wasn't, but now I am. And the reason is, is he did something for me. Not me doing something for me. I had already tapped that out, but he did something for me. Let me tell you what he did for me. 
and suddenly their ear is in your mouth. We ought to use this. We ought to be available. We ought to be available. We ought to be looking, actually, tracking people down because every one of them has a need. Every one of them is, is, is uh, estranged in some way, just like you and I have been estranged. Before you got where you are now, you were somewhere else. And where you are now is, is before you get somewhere better. Y'all know we're moving. Yeah. <laughs> we're moving up. So we hadn't arrived, but, we, but, but uh, we're moving. So... Uh, So the church generally has discounted who they are in order to be who they were. Listen to me. As he is, so am I in this world. I wasn't always that, but I am now. I got born again. I got born again. I was transformed. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things, all things have become new. I am not who I was. And it's the good news. It's the good news to everybody that's in my path. So my testimony actually is the most powerful thing about my life. The word causes me to have a testimony. The word causes me to have boldness to give my testimony. But my testimony is so powerful. And no one discounts your testimony. It may not be where they are, but they like to hear about the wondrous works of God. So, we're going to quit here, but it's what you and I identify with. If I identify with my feelings, I don't feel all that supernatural. Could I have a better amen? We don't feel that, yeah, I, I, have, I have come into your life. It is your blessed day. I'm fixing to fix everything that can be fixed in your life because I am here. Those feelings are hard to come by. I'm sorry to bother you. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to uh, come into your life. But I just wondered if this was going on, anything like this was going on in your life. And I just want to tell you what God did for me and he'll do it for you. That takes a whole bucket of walking on the water. Walking on the water is a big deal, but so is just coming in and invading somebody's life. Because rarely, do you find that rarely that they come up to you and say, I, I think you're a Christian and I, I, I perceive that God's on you and that you can help me. That, that's unlikely. What's likely is, is you and I being filled with God, knowing the will of God, sensitive to Holy Ghost, gifts of the Spirit operating, and we discern, we... we, we we see it, and we just step over gently. They're so lonely. They're so needy. They're so without hope. There is no hope in this world. It doesn't matter what they're making at the work. It doesn't matter what his wife looks like or how wonderful their kids are. Everybody is looking for hope, and we have the only hope. Well, let me just say this. I'll just skip way down. I say, this is what I came up with, that miracles go beyond your faith. Now, that's a, that's a dicey statement. Miracles is God going beyond my faith. 
Does it mean that you don't have to have faith for a miracle? It means, well, I wrote down a scripture. What things soever ye desire, Mark eleven twenty four. What things soever ye desire when you pray, what does it say? Believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Well, what if I hadn't got faith for what things soever I desire? You got to be pretty, yeah, buddy, full of faith to point to something and say, I possess that. I pull that. I, I call that mine in my life. You have to know that it's God's will and you have to have faith from hearing the word to go after it. So what if you're in a place where you don't have that? Have you ever been in a place where you didn't have that? Well, yeah, we have. But we have a, we have a faith that God will help us. That, that all things are possible to him who believes. We, we, we really don't know the will of God, but we know we're hurting. We know it's not working. We know this is, this is a bunch of junk in my life and I don't know how to get unloaded. I'm asking God for a miracle. I'm just like, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go for it. I don't know who can help me, but I'm calling on you for a miracle. And miracles is God going beyond my faith. I'm still in faith, but I, I just can't call the, and he knows best anyway. Now, this is not what you do instead of calling, speaking to the mountain. It's not what you do when you have a need and you know what the need is and you know it's God's will to give you the need. But it's in those times where you need a miracle and you really can't figure it out. You're overwhelmed. I've been overwhelmed. Yeah. It's just like, where is the top of this? They, they say sometimes underwater people that go down deep, when they get disoriented, they don't even know what's up. You, you, you think you're going up towards air, but you're swimming sideways or going down or something. I don't know anything about that, but I did read. So sometimes we don't know which way's up. And God is the God of miracle. I got just a minute. Can I go to one more scripture right here in Mark chapter 9? You're, you're right there, slip over. This will fit, and I want us to... I want to leave a deposit. Every time I stand up here or Melissa or Jonathan or you, anyone that stands up here, anybody that we have in, the, request, the requisite for River Church is to leave a deposit. We just don't want to hear some speech. We don't want to get information. I can read and I can watch TV, so I don't need to come to church for that, but I need a deposit. I need something to be here that wasn't there when I came in. So in Mark chapter 9, this is an amazing story. The Lord showed me. Verse 17, it says, uh, and, one of the, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. Which means he can't speak, right? And what, wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples and they, that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered and said, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. This is a bad deal. You wonder, now I'm just 
like we say at home, speculating. You just wonder if some of the disorders that we have in our society that have been labeled or whatever. I, I, I'm not trying to name anybody that's got any of this, that this, but you just wonder how much the demonic is involved here. That actually, that the drugs, you know, we don't cast out devils in America, we drug them. So sometimes the help we need is not a physician or a doctor, it's someone that can cast the devil out. I mean, here it is in the scripture. Here it is in the word. It's, it, and if it wasn't worthy, if it wasn't a need in our lives, he wouldn't have been here in the word because everything in the word is worthy. And, he, and, and uh, uh, let's see, where was I? Verse 23, and Jesus said to him, oh, excuse me, nope, got to back up to 22. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So what he was saying there, I guess, is kind of like what we said there. He was asking for a miracle. If thou canst do anything, help us. Have you ever been there? Lord, if you can do anything, help me. I feel like I'm going under and, and I know how to speak to the mountain. And I know that by his stripes I was healed. And I know, I know, I know, I know. But there's just nothing here that can access it for me. Lord, if you would have mercy on me and give me a miracle. You don't even promise I'll do better or I, I won't drink anymore or I won't smoke anymore or I won't run around with girls that do, I, all that stuff. You don't promise anything because he's not moved by our promises. He's moved by the blood of Jesus and he's already been moved. So it says, it says here he's asking for a miracle and straightway, let's see if I'm on track here. Yes. And straightway the father of the child cried and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. So right there we have a pattern, even if it's in the old covenant there, we have a pattern that we can ask God for a miracle. Or something. Help my unbelief. What, what does that mean? I, he didn't even know what to ask him for. But it was obvious the child needed help. It was obvious. He just said, throw him in the fire and throw him in the water. And he said, help me, Lord. I don't know what to do. And uh, when Jesus saw the people coming, came, came, people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit and said, so simple, that dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter him into him no more. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, inasmuch that they said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifting him up, and he arose. I think we have precedence here for asking for a miracle. You don't need one every day. We can speak to the mountain. We can sow a seed. We can lay hands on the sick. There's, there's, that's our first line. But we've all been where our first line wasn't available. And so we just say, God, I'm asking you for mercy. I need a miracle. And the Lord is interested in bringing a miracle. And he doesn't tally up your, your good line and your bad line. He just tallies up Jesus and said, we got this. We got this. Me, me and the son got this. 
Well, how does that happen? That happens when we testify about the miraculous. That's why we read a miracle story this morning. That's why you testified this morning. It's amazing what's out here every Sunday morning. There's not that many of us, but we always have the miraculous being reported on, and it's not ever everybody. It's just due order that we don't get to everybody. It's kind of like whoever jumps up first gets to go. <laughs> it's marvelous. So the miraculous is working among us, and the testimony is what springs it out. I have a testimony. Say it with me. I have a testimony. You have a testimony because you are a testimony. Everything about our life is miraculous. I mean, I got born again. It's a miracle. I could have just as easily missed that boat. I got filled with the Holy Ghost. There was a thousand paths that were going the other way. And as far as I could tell, it was just one that led into that. And the Lord fished me out and put me in. I, I, the miraculous. What would my life be if I was a little denominational boy in West Texas? Because if I hadn't got the Holy Ghost, I wouldn't have gone into the ministry and I would not have left farming. What a miserable, I've been out there recently. The sand doth bloweth. <laughs> the, humidity, the humidity doth waneth, but the sand doth bloweth. So I'm a miracle. Are you a miracle? You're a miracle. And if you are a miracle, then you have a miracle. And if you have a miracle, you have a testimony. And the testimony's not just for you and me, although it's certainly powerful. I was able to, I was able to access these miracles of Colin and the groceries and uh, uh, so much more. They've never left me. They helped me. But I've helped others with them. When they said, God don't know about me. God don't care. I got to tell some people. And I said, well, just let you know, nobody knew I didn't have any groceries. We weren't hungry, but we didn't have any groceries. We had a, well, I mean, really, the reason I can do what I do is because I have testimonies. I've been on the edge and never said a word, and the Lord came through. And you have been on the edge, and he's come through. So, Father, in the name of Jesus... We ask you to help us access the testimonies of your goodness in our lives. You have been so good. You have been so good to me. You have been so good to us. Yeah, the devil's been out there and my mistakes have messed up some stuff and the curse that's in the world has had its say, but you came past all of that. You made a way where there was no way. And Lord, not only are we live, but we're vibrant. We're strong. We're, we're, we're willing and able. So, Lord, we ask you to help us in the days ahead. Find our miracles and bring them to our memory and then show us who to share them with. Glory to God. All glory to you, Lord, for the good things you have done for us will not stop with that, but will go into our future. We give you thanks. I give you thanks. We give you, th let's lift our hands. Let's give him thanks. Lord, we thank you that I have a testimony. I thank you, Lord, I am and I have a testimony. It's no matter how bad things have gotten, I have good in my past. You fished me out. You've saved me and you delivered me. 
and we do not forget it. Amen. Amen. Now, in the Old Testament, they weren't born again, so he had to have a feast, a feast of tabernacles, the feast of Pentecost, the feast of all those feasts. He had to pile up, had told him, pile up a big pile of rocks here. Remember this. Then what, what was the, the Passover? The, the, the Passover meal? That's what did they do? They got up and said, this is what these elements mean when the Lord delivered our people. It's all about that. Oh, we don't have that. We don't need that. We take the Lord's table and it reminds us. Amen. Amen. Hmm. The Holy Ghost is good. He wants to come in. I hear him knocking. Do you hear him knocking on your heart saying, let's giddy up. Let's go do something. Let's, let's wrap this thing up in power. Let's, let's turn things around. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. So I loosen the name of Jesus' boldness into River Church. Boldness. That's all we need, Lord. We got the stuff. We just need boldness. So we, you said we could pray for boldness. So we ask you for boldness. Now open your own mouth under your breath, but with your own mouth, ask him, I need boldness, Lord. Would you give it to me? I know you will. Lord, we ask you for boldness in our lives to live outside of our personality to live outside of our experience, to live outside of what it looks like right now. Maybe it looks hopeless or hard. Lord, we ask you for boldness to say things to, th to things that change those things. And Lord, we're confident. I believe I receive boldness. I am not the same. I am changed and I am not the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless us. He did.